her, she came over at almost midnight with this printed out um, prototype that we had worked on a few weeks prior and we were just all giddy and excited about it. And things changed and life happened, but I couldn't shake the idea of this planner and how helpful it could actually be for women and how much I even needed it. Hi, I'm Shelby. I'm Macaulay. And I'm Clary, and this is Make Space to Thrive. We're passionate about helping women craft intentional lifestyles that empower them to achieve their most life-giving goals. So grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the show. So this episode is going to be a little bit different than some of our others. We are going to do an Ask Us Anything. So some of the questions that we have gotten from people in our community are planner-focused, productivity-focused, and others are just fun. This first question is specific to the planner. Where do I start with the Evergreen Planner system if I'm overwhelmed? It's such an extensive system, and it's hard to take the time from all of my urgent tasks to figure it out. Okay, Clary, I think you should totally take this one because Macaulay and I, you know, created the Evergreen Planner System. And so by the time we started using it consistently, we had already had an intuitive process based off of the system. But you had the opportunity of getting the full system already created. You'd never used it before or helped develop it yourself. And so you got to jump into it cold and experience getting your life organized with it. Yeah, definitely. So I, when I think back to starting to use this system, um, I think that the most helpful thing is to understand that like any habit that you start, it's going to take a couple weeks to um, get it into your rhythm, um, to figure out how to use it. And even maybe a couple months until you feel like I am fully leveraging this tool to execute, you know, goals, to-dos, tasks, all of the things that you think about when you're purchasing it. So this is going to sound kind of silly, but I feel like the biggest tip I can give is to just start using it. And I don't mean like sit down and, you know, say I'm going to spend three hours and figure this out. I actually find it's more helpful to try to use it for five or 10 minutes, three times a day. Um, I found it really helpful. Like when I first got started to sort of tie it to meal times, like I'm going to look at it either right before or right after breakfast around lunchtime and then at dinner. And again, these are not lengthy strategizing meetings. This can be just writing down, um, you know, at the start of the day, how you think the day will progress. Um, and then checking in midday And then again in the evening, and you can even go back and write down how things actually went so that you can continue to, you know, hone the skill of time blocking and figuring out what's actually realistic for this season. And we actually have a quick start your planning cheat sheet that is on our website that you can download that is really meant to do exactly this, to help you understand how to leverage the evergreen planner. Um, Because like this, you know, person asked, it is really extensive. And we did that on purpose because we want it to be a tool that you can use in your busiest of seasons. But then I have also used it in a lot of really simple seasons where I might just use the time blocking and the to-dos and the top targets, and I'm not really worrying about the rest, or I'm just using a lot of the prompts um, to kind of journal. And so there's a lot of different ways that you can use it, but understanding that it's going to take some time, experimenting with what works best, and then just using it imperfectly at first and figuring out how you can continue to use it better and better for your lifestyle. 
Well, and I've heard some people struggle to even make that first mark in it, you know, because it's such a beautiful planner system. They get it, they get out all their pins, and then they're scared to even write in it. So do you have any tips on how to get over that mental hurdle? Well, that's why I think you just have to do it. (laughs) I mean, it's like... I don't know. I think of like when you pick up, you know, like running and you think you're going to look goofy running and it's like, well, okay, but if you let that stop you, you're never going to run, you know? And so it's the same thing. Like, you know, you're not writing in this planner to post it on your Instagram. That should never be your goal. Like your goal is to use it to help organize your life. And so my planner is very messy a lot of the times. One nice perk is the more you write, the nicer your handwriting gets, I have found. <laughs> and so now a year later, even my very messy pages don't look quite as kiss, uh, chicken scratchy as they did in the beginning. Um, but yeah, you just have to jump in. You sort of just have to rip the Band-Aid off and just decide, like, I am going to use this. I know it's going to take some time. I'm going to imperfectly experiment and execute. And, um, that's honestly why it's so helpful to have a day planner is because when you use it every day, you're picking up something new every day. Okay. It worked really well when I did X and, um, you know, I can do this better or this is not working. Okay. Do I need to go check? Like we have a tons of content on our Instagram. Do I need to go binge something on their Instagram and figure out how to use that specific tool? And so, um, the more you use it, the more that that stuff kind of comes to the surface. Yeah. And giving yourself permission just to use one feature, if that's what's working for you, if the wheat grid is just helping you so much in one season, like make sense of your week, use that feature and then expand into the other features as they become necessary for you. The second question is how are y'all related? And I'll take this one. (laughs) Um, Shelby, she's my older sister. And then it's interestingly enough, Shelby's husband, Kyle is cousins to Clary's husband, Mark. And so they are related through family and Shelby spent some time with Clary and explained to her our planner and just some details about it. And she got interested and jumped on our team and it's just been a blast ever since. I can't believe that one conversation during a family reunion turned into this team (laughs) that we have now. (laughs) Next question is, when I sit down and plan, I get really excited about the possibilities, but then nothing ever goes according to plan. What should I do? Okay. So I'm totally relate to this question so much because I am a visionary. And when I sit down to plan, I always get excited about the possibilities. That's like the definition of a visionary. I also very much relate to the, but then nothing ever goes according to plan part, like so much. And what I've learned is that as a visionary, I have to get very used to taking imperfect action. I can see down the road, the ideal of what I wish this thing that I am trying to make progress on, um, or my lifestyle that I'm trying to craft what I want it to look like. I can see it clear as day, but when I'm getting started on making a change, I have to take small, imperfect steps in order to move the needle forward. And that's really hard. The small part, the imperfect part, but it is necessary. If you're a human being and you've never done something before, you have to have a time where you are learning the process of doing that thing. And so when I sit down and use my planner to chart out something new and get it all implemented into my schedule and I've got it all figured out when I'm going to make progress on this new thing, 
I have to expect that once I actually dive into taking action on what I had planned out, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to look the way that I thought it was going to look. And also, there's going to be a lot of unforeseen things that crop up and other priorities that I need to handle and balance and manage, things that might be a distraction, things that I'm also huge on shiny object syndrome. And so that's when I need to focus on my own responsibilities. And that's the second tip that I would give is while you're getting used to imperfect action, just recognize that there are only a few things that you are fully responsible for, but you've got to show up for those few things and you've got to show up for them well if you want to make progress on the things that matter most to you. Yeah. And then I would say the third thing is that your plans have to be realistic for your context. And so you can't sit down and plan and imagine your ideal day and it not include your children. If you have children, you know, (laughs) like my ideal day without children is very different than what my ideal day is while also caring for my children. And similarly, if you're working, um, you know, you can't try to envision what your plans are if you're not taking into the context that like, you know, December is a very busy work season, you know, and if you have that in your context, then you're going to start setting realistic plans for your family Christmas. You're not going to try to go all out because you understand like December is my biggest work season. I have to balance those two. And so being able to contextualize your plan and understand, okay, this is my life, whether it's, you know, ongoing like kids, whether it's in this season, like a busy work season, whether it's something like a health, like I'm, you know, in a postpartum season or, you know, I'm going to have to have that surgery and there's going to be some recovery time. So as you make your plans more realistic um, and you continue to refine that skill of being able to do that, then you'll find that more of your plans start to happen because they've actually been created within the context of your real life. Yeah. And I'd like to add um, to take control And if you've actually, you know, made these plans that seem really in line with the tips that they have previously mentioned, but things are still just not going according to plan, then take control. I mean, there are a lot of things that are unpredictable, but there are even more things that you can control. So putting that effort into those actions and really just doing the do and getting up and making it happen because you actually, you really have the ability to do so. So be disciplined is essentially what you're saying. Like you have to be disciplined to the things that you have written down if they are actually important to you. And we actually have an entire episode earlier in this season where we give you six tips for getting out of a crazy season. And so that might really help you if you're having a hard time with this particular problem of knowing what you want to do, but having a hard time getting a hold of your schedule to make it happen. This leads really well into the fourth question, which is how do you plan when you have chronic illness? Yeah, I have a lot of experience with uh, this question. Planning with chronic illness. I have my own chronic illness journey that I'm walking through right now. And that's the first thing to throw me into survival mode is my health and having a crash. Um, And when that happens and I want to still be intentional, even though I'm having so many health struggles, I just have to stay focused on taking responsibility for the things that I can control again. And part of that is planning for having limited energy. You know, I can't look at another woman and say, well, she's able to get this many things done in a day, or she's able to manage this and this. So I should be able to do it too. I've had to stop the comparison game it's not good. Comparison is a thief of joy. (laughs) And to recognize that 
God has given me the limitations He's given me for a reason, and that I can lean into those and recognize God is sovereignly allowing my chronic health issues to impact and shape my productivity. And so when I get in this mindset of God knows and God sees me, and also I have opportunity still to take responsibility for my days and to be intentional, even with this chronic illness. I stay focused on those little things that I know that I can do. And part of what I can control is planning for my limited energy so that there are some seasons when I do have to focus on a lot of self-care and taking it slow and getting extra sleep in order to you know, get my health back on track. But whenever I'm having those seasons of a lot of energy, I know that I need to get focused on the things that really matter, the essential things, my personal responsibilities, I have to take those very seriously and make big progress on my goals rather than frittering away that time maybe in something that would seem really fun to me, but is not actually the thing I have got to focus on in order to take care of my family well and show up for my commitments well. So being able to lean into what are my commitments right now, how can I make big progress on them, and also So how can I enjoy the season of having a lot more energy after I've gotten my commitments taken care of? That really helps me to know that I'm taking these limitations that God has given me and I'm accepting them, embracing them, and that I can trust the results to Him of the fruitfulness of my life. We're hoping to have an entire episode on how to plan with chronic illness in our next season where we can really flesh out a lot of practical tips on what this looks like. Our next question is, how do you take your coffee? So, Clary, how do you take your coffee? I like my coffee to be ready for me when I wake up in the morning. So that (laughs) is my biggest priority. (laughs) Um, And so I, uh, you know, we buy our coffee at the grocery store. I grind it the night before and have it all prepped so that all I have to do in the morning is walk out and push start. I love it with heavy cream. None of that half and half or milk stuff. Amen, sister. I like to have, you know, my full fats in there. It gets me going, and it makes me just feel really special every morning. So that's how I take my coffee. <laughs> you have yours ready for you first thing in the morning, yes, too, huh, McCauley? My tall, dark, <laughs> handsome, curly-headed man brings me coffee every single morning in bed. And I actually prefer bullet coffee. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but you have the butter and then your milk of choice and some honey. I like to add some collagen and actually bee pollen in it. And it just is the most amazing blend. And it's also very helpful for balancing your blood sugar and not letting getting that buzz after coffee that we're also familiar with. So it's just the perfect way to still enjoy your coffee and not, you know, get that anxious feeling. (laughs) Yeah, I needed to do a little bit more of that. I like my coffee just the same way, though. I'm so basic with it, but I love it. And usually Kyle, my husband, does have it ready for me if I'm sleeping in that morning. But we always have locally roasted beans that we have ground the night before. And we use our pour over to brew it at the perfect strength. And I just love it so much in my you know, heavy whipping cream in it, nothing fancy. I don't like extra flavors in my coffee. I just want that good heavy whipping cream with my pour over coffee. First thing in the morning, it's like the best thing ever. And if the house is quiet while you're drinking oh it, my it's goodness. just that much better. Light a candle and make... <laughs> my house is never coffee. quiet during coffee time. <laughs> 
The next question is, how do each of you use your annual? So I'll take um, this one to start. I I think the thing I value the most about my annual is just having that bird's eye view like we talk about. And so being able to write events ahead of time that I'm wanting to plan for or things that I you know need to not forget, like my kid's dentist appointment, um, that is the biggest thing that I value it for. And then one of the things that I found last year that was so helpful is just getting a very systematized way of using each of the blank pages after the month spread. I really love, you know, being a creative person and like doing spreads, but I just don't have the mental capacity to reinvent the wheel every month. And so um, that's just not where my creative energy is going right now. And so being able to say, okay, my first page is going to be, you know, my goals are focused for that month. And then I track my reading and my second page is going to be different highlights from the month, just in bullet points. And then um, my third was a little bit flexible in how I used it. Sometimes it was blank. Sometimes I put a quote. I just didn't have something specific. But keeping it really simple, I found to be super helpful. And then, you know, if I threw on some stickers or some washi tape or whatever I wanted to, then it was also fun to look at. Yeah, I'm actually really similar to that. I think that in years past, I've done the full out, you know, bullet journaling spreads and I've had a lot of fun with that. But recently I've gotten to the same groove, which I use my first page just like Clary. I have either my goals or my focus for that specific month. And then the next page, I usually will write out a week overview. So I like to get an idea for what each day will look like. I have you know, Wednesdays and Saturdays, I focus more on cleaning and just different things like that. So I will flush out my weekdays on that page. And then on the last bullet page that we have in the annual, I like to use for getting a rhythm out on paper and just kind of keep tweaking that. Cause I feel like every month for me, my seasons change so much. So every month, something changes a little bit in my rhythms. Um, and then I have a little bit of space for journaling and throwing on some photos or different things like that. And one thing, Macaulay, that you have said in the past, which I think was so helpful, is how you will write your goals in pencil and then go back and put them in pen or make them beautiful if you want to. And that really helped me a lot because I, it's funny, I don't do this with the monthly, but I definitely find with the annual that I will like hesitate to write anything until I feel like I've perfectly figured it out. And I want to throw in for anybody who's listening to this and they haven't seen the annual, I was going to paint the picture for you real quick. It's a uh, 12-month calendar, but in booklet form where you have your calendar on one side and then you have a whole blank page on the other side. When they said first page, they're talking about that just opposite of your month calendar. And then you turn the page and you have a full blank spread that you can do anything with before you get to the next month when you turn the page again. And so you can look on our Instagram and see a visual of it. And last year I used mine very functionally. When I look back at it, I'm like this, (laughs) I couldn't take pictures of it for our Instagram because it was just so functional and like almost messy. And so this year I am going a little bit going all out in making mine look really pretty um, because I use my annual very heavily and I love having it reflect my personality and be beautiful. And so always opposite of the month calendar, 
I have um, my three goals for the quarter written right there. And that's pretty much all that I put on that page to help me stay focused. So whenever I'm planning my month, I am thinking of my month in context of getting my quarterly goals done and I'm being able to balance that all the time. And um, also I always write whenever I'm planning my month, I always write my appointments in pencil until I know that they are firm and that I'm actually going to keep them that week. And then I go over that with pen whenever I'm planning my week in order to just kind of solidify my plans. That way I don't have a super messy calendar. And then in that uh, spread, you turn the page and you have that full blank spread that I like to journal in there and keep any lists that you know, makes sense for that season. So if I'm, you know, tracking my reading list or if I am doing a particular study and I'm wanting to just remember those key points of my study, I might make that list there. But I really just use it very personally um, and very supportive of my personality, what my goals are, and also what matters to me, whether or not it would matter to somebody else. Yeah, I love that about the annual specifically. I always have different drawings from my kiddos or even sweet notes that Philip leaves me or different details, maybe ticket stubs and fun things like that. You can just throw it in there. And so it becomes a keepsake and you also can put, like I said, I have some photos that I like to put in mind throughout the year. And so it becomes a little just a complete kind of scrapbook of your whole year. It's so fun to look back and see what you did that year and all the best memories and all the random things that you would normally forget about. Yeah. I love it whenever uh, my daughter, she loves to draw. And so she's always like bringing me these little sticky notes with like these cute little drawings on them, but sometimes they're so sweet. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is something I definitely want to keep forever. I love that I have my annual. I can just go stick it right in there. And I know for sure it's not going to get lost in the shuffle and forgotten in some closet. And I can look at it again when I look at my annual. This next question is something we get quite often. It's what was your process for creating the Evergreen Planner System? Yeah, we have a whole story here and we could go all extensive and then someday we need to do an episode just on the story of the creating of our planner. But just as a brief overview of what happened. So I was going through a really overwhelmed season in my life and I was researching time management like crazy to try to get a handle on everything. And actually, I created a few worksheets for myself to help me like just get my thoughts organized and get my tasks sorted so that I could know what I needed to focus on next and uh, just not be so overwhelmed. So I took these worksheets to Macaulay's house one day and we were hanging out and I just showed them to her and I thought she was totally going to think this is just a Shelby thing because I, I'm very word oriented and I'm always like... Having things. <laughs> I'm always what? Having yeah, I'm always things. having these like great big ideas of, oh, I'm going to do this and this is going to help everything. And I'm a visionary. So anyway, so I showed her these worksheets and I didn't think she was going to think much of them, but you saw them. What did you think? Yeah, it was just a blast because she comes over with these worksheets. And in my life, I had used, you know, my large calendar and a smaller calendar and a notebook and another little bitty planner thing and like had this huge spread of all kinds of booklets to try to organize my life. And she comes over with these 
pages and they actually had really awesome prompts on them that helped me focus instead of feeling like I needed so much, you know, and to have to be as redundant as I was being previously. And then we got together and as sisters, we just started dreaming a little bit and, you know, we were like, what if we made a planner and it was actually something we could sell and something that helped ladies. And it was a pipe dream for a split second for me. And then for Shelby, she wasn't a hundred percent sure like we could pull it off or that it would actually become a physical product. Do you know how many businesses we had started together as kids? It was just a thing that we did. Like that's our sisterhood is starting businesses together. So so. she, I remember she came over at almost midnight with this printed out um, prototype that we had worked on a few weeks prior and we were just all giddy and excited about it and things changed and life happened, but I couldn't shake the idea of this planner and how helpful it could actually be for women and how much I even needed it. And so a few years passed and we continued to refine this prototype. And then before you knew it, it was what we, I think we tried it out for two years. Was No, it? we field tested this thing for almost four years before we launched. Yeah. And, and the whole time too, we were taking all of the time management information, productivity, uh, things that I was learning and we were distilling it down into the system that we have today. But every time that we would add another feature, I would take it to you and you would say, okay, let's make this realistic for a busy mama because this is time management gurus. I'm taking the best of the best from CEOs. And then we were translating it into an everyday situation. So she would come up and have a few prompts. And then I would talk to Kyle, her husband, and be like, okay, so we have to add these into the actual layout and figure out how to make it work and print off a bunch. We actually had quite a few friends and mama friends testing the prototype and had so much awesome feedback from it. It just kept fueling that flame and we kept refining it. And well, and I think a a game changer for me when I realized this was going to be a real, a real product that we could truly sell. And it was different from every other planner on the market was when you created the cover. Um, You just sat down on your living room floor and we had bought some leather and you like just I, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe my eyes that you were literally handcrafting this leather piece. But whenever we put it all together and I saw your vision for how dynamic this planner could be, because I knew that what I wanted in the booklets, but you took this cover and you showed how versatile it could be and how you could use it for any season of life and your why behind creating the cover. And it was so gorgeous. And I was like, we have a real product here. This mm-hmm. this is a business. We're, we're going to go for this. Yeah. And we had already mentioned earlier that Clary and I are related through marriage. And we were at this family reunion that was happening. We'd already launched the annual, one of our products, and we were raising money for the monthly for the full system, being able to pay for that. And so she had already purchased the annual and I was showing her the rest of the system. And it was really fun because, um, I was just asking her like, what did she do? And what was her business like? And she was telling me that she was a virtual assistant. And so I was like, Hey, we need one of those. Yeah. And it was so perfect. Cause I had loved planners all through college, you know, used them nonstop. And then I got out of college and my whole career before kids was being an executive assistant. And, um, if you've ever been an executive assistant, depending on the organization, you can know, you know, it's a very high pace job and I could never find a planner that could keep up with that kind 
kind of work that I actually liked to look at. <laughs> a big caveat there. And so um, getting to talk to Shelby and just seeing the product that they had created, how it was simultaneously so simplistic and so robust. And then just my skill set so fitting what they needed at the time. It just became a really perfect relationship. Our next question is, how do you set goals and be productive when you have little kids? Yeah, this is a great question. I feel like we're all qualified to <laughs> give our <laughs> thoughts on it because between the three of us, we have nine kids under the age of six. And so, Macaulay, you've got, I know, <laughs> your eyes like <laughs> right now, your face. I can't believe that because we're all like, none of us are even 30 yet. So that's pretty fun. <laughs> this is just such a loaded question for me, I think, because... I do have four littles and my oldest is five currently, but the seasons change so quickly. And I think that the main thing I would come back to, the main tip I would say for someone trying to work around littles is have your work tasks really clear so that when you have a moment free and you have some time to work on it, you know exactly what it is that you're needing to do. And obviously we have a lot of resources and tools so that you can figure out what those tasks are. But specifically for me, if I have a very clear outline as to what it is I need to do for Evergreen or for my business, I'm able to use that 15 to 30 minute span of time when the kids are in independent play, or if I have a couple down for an nap at a time, or if they run out outside and I know they'll be occupied for a while, I can really be productive with the moments that I have to spare. And it's also super helpful um, to use the time, you know, have a really great, clear relationship with your husband about when you need to work and what things are priorities in um, y'all's life specifically. He's so great, so supportive with Evergreen. So I have, you know, some evening meetings where I work and meet with Clary and Shelby, and I have just a lot of time in the evenings depending on the season. Now we do have recently, we've come out of having Nancy was just born. And so that whole postpartum season, which means that it's kind of more of a all hands on deck situation at home when the kids are awake, but there's also the um, opportunity when they go down to sleep because their bedtime's usually seven, seven thirty, and then I can do some work then. So it's really just being super flexible and knowing what it is that you're going to need to tackle next. Yeah. And I think that the other thing is just knowing, um, I mean, you have to start from the place of having really solid family rhythms. And so if you don't have those, that's probably your next right step is to figure those out because then you can coordinate with your spouse. um, And, you know, you really have to know your situation. Do you live near family? You know, do you send your child to like a mommy's day out program Mm -hmm. or do you have like, I mean, in one season I had you know, a neighbor who would come and watch my kids a couple hours a week. Um, And so the situation, I mean, even in the, you know, time that I have been working for Evergreen has looked different about every six weeks it shuffles, which (laughs) sounds insane when you think about it. But then anyone with littles knows that your rhythms do kind of shuffle every six weeks Um, and sometimes in small ways and sometimes in bigger ways. And so, you know, like Macaulay said, having your priorities sorted and then um, this is something that Shelby really helped me with is being able to divide those priorities between light tasks that can be done quickly, like when they run outside to play 
or tasks that really need like deep work time. And so being able to split those so that I have sort of my like light task list that I can just punch out through the week whenever the opportunities come out. And then working with my husband to schedule, you know, one or two blocks of deep work time helps me to not feel stressed about a backlog of projects because I know that I am going to get that time. For us in this season, it's Saturday morning um, that I, you know, go out and have that time while he watches the kiddos. But it's shuffled a lot. So you really have to get creative. Um, you have to sort of let go of, you know, mindsets that you might have that are holding you back. And then I just find it so helpful to talk to other working moms, not so much because you might mimic exactly what they do, but it just broadens your scope of the possibilities of how I could fit this into, you know, being a mom of littles. So often we will have that mindset that we need to set a specific time every single day for an hour and a half to two hours that we work on something. And if our, um, you know, you have some inconvenience that makes that not actually be able to happen, you just, you know, feel broken and like you're never going to be able to make any headway in your business. But it, it there's so much credit to flexibility. Yeah. And I think that just assessing and recognizing the season that you're in is such a key thing. The question asked about how do you set goals whenever you are a mom of little kids. And the Rooted Goals workbook that I created was with that in view because I'm a mom of little kids and I have a business and I have a lot of things going on in life and I homeschool. And so being able to take my goal and see it in context of the season that I'm in and recognize that I'm playing the long game here really helps me to feel balanced, that I am showing up in my motherhood well. And I'm also showing up for these other things that God has given me to do well, but recognizing that being a mom, especially a homeschooling mom with two small children, that means that the way I show up and be productive in other areas of life outside of motherhood is going to be limited. It's going to be impacted and shaped by the fact that I'm a mother. And being able to lean into that and recognize that that's, that's good. That's what God ordained and that the fruitfulness of my other ventures, of my business, that that is ordained by God to be impacted by my motherhood really, really helps me. And the Rooted Goal System, the workbook, helps you to take your goal and to look at the long game, look at your core calling, which includes being a mother, if you are, of small children, and rooting your goals into that core calling and then seeing how the next right step for your goal is organically growing out of your context as a mom. And you keep going through the system, outlining your goal, but being very realistic about the time that you have available, and then tailoring your goal to your lifestyle as a mom. And the workbook shows you step-by-step how to do these things, and it shows you how to keep your goal top of mind so that when you do have an opportunity to work on it, your brain is trained. You have etched that goal into your memory. So your subconscious is trained to constantly be looking for opportunities for you to make progress on your goal. And then again, the the last letter in the rooted acronym is developed by providence and recognizing that you are just showing up and being faithful with this business that God has given you or this work, this career that God has given you. But you recognize that as your children grow, as those seasons change every six weeks, like Clary says, that 
what you think you're going to be able to accomplish is actually going to evolve and change as God continues to bring different circumstances into your life, especially with small children. That always happens. So your goals will be developed by providence, and the workbook shows you how to have that mindset. It's a perfect way to set realistic goals that compel you to follow through, even in a season of motherhood where you have a lot of things going on and a lot of different things pulling at your attention. So real quick, uh, why don't we just say the ages of our kids so people kind of understand what our context looks like when we say working with littles? My oldest is Aria, and she is five. And then I have a son named Pip, and he is four. And then my daughter is Tempe. <laughs> she is three. We just had birthdays, so I'm trying to make sure this is all correct. Uh, Temperance is three, and then Nancy is nine months. So yeah. five, four, three, and nine months. <laughs> yeah. And I said that we have nine kids under the age of six between us because I've been used to saying that for so long. But actually, my oldest just turned six. Uh, this month. It's Elizabeth. And so she's in kindergarten and it's really, really fun learning how to read. And it's really good. We're in the thick of homeschooling. I love it. And then I have a three-year-old. He just turned three, David. And uh, that's really fun because he joins in with our homeschooling. And then I have Marcus, who is four, and Casper, who is three, and Stellan, who is also nine months. So busy, busy. (laughs) I love how all of our meetings usually include an infant or two. (laughs) Exactly. Our final question is, if you have an afternoon without kids, how would you spend it? Clary? Oh, man, I just get excited thinking about the possibilities. (laughs) We love our children. We do love our children so much. But if you're a mom, you know why we're like, oh, wow. (laughs) No. Um, I think that I would probably start by taking my planner to a coffee shop so that I could actually have a peaceful afternoon by just, you know, not thinking about any to-dos I'm ignoring. So I'd probably start with just a giant brain dump. I don't even think I would sort it. I think I would just leave it in the planner and come back to it later. Um, And then I'd probably bring whatever book I was reading and read for a little while. And then I probably would hit up a couple of thrift shops before heading home because that's something that I really enjoy doing. I actually got to experience one of these uh, last week. And so that was was really fun. And so what I did was I went downtown to the city and just walked for a while. And that was really nice. I was out in the sun and the weather was perfect. And I live out in a rural area. So it's just such a treat to get to walk downtown in the big city. And then I went and had lunch by myself and ate the whole thing without anybody asking if they could have a piece (laughs) of my pizza. That was nice. And can I have the olives off your pizza? It didn't happen. So that was really fun. And then I, um, I just sat down at a coffee shop and pulled out my planner and, um, you know, ordered my coffee, all, all the basic stuff, but got to just spend some time getting my thoughts organized and kind of thinking about the next few days. And then I spent some time writing which is wonderful. Oh, and writing homeschool curriculum. So I have like, <laughs> I, I I love writing. So I was writing on one project over here. And then whenever I felt like I got enough words out, I switched over to my homeschool curriculum that I'm working on, which is super fun planning out school stuff for my kids. Mm, both those options sound so fun. But for me, I feel like I will get more time out and about, you know, because I do grocery shopping and Philip will watch the kiddos. So if I actually just 
could do any kind of evening. I would stay home and I would lock myself in my craft room and I would put on some music or binge watch one of my favorite shows and craft and just make (laughs) things, make dresses or some clothes for my kiddos or jewelry or clay things. Like I used to have so much time to create with my hands, which is very limited these days. Um, I squeeze it in here and there, but just have, you know, my favorite little snacks or something and sit and make and listening to music. It just sounds like an absolute blast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this Ask Us Anything episode. I am sure we will do another one. So if you have any questions that you want answered, you can always email them to us at hello at evergreenplanner.com or reach out to us on Instagram at evergreenplanner. And we look forward to connecting with you.